Welcome back to uh, the Dave and Big. What do we call Unveiled. it? Unveiled. Unveiled, right? Yeah. The Dave and Big podcast. Uh, after uh, just a short break, I don't know, May, June. Yeah, when well, was yeah we haven't done. We haven't. I mean, yeah, COVID and busyness and life. We yeah, haven't summertime done, yet. Uh, and anyways. We're back. That's yeah, the main thing. The Unveil the Dave and Beg podcast is so I, uh, back. I want to kind of give a give an overview a little bit of the podcast um, because we're going to be making a bit of a uh, a shift here, and I don't want it to be like where did that come from? Okay, so when Peg and I decided after really a, a three year uh, break to do our podcast again, a lot happened in our life in those three years and, and three years being from nexus from the end of nexus yeah yeah if you call that our podcast yeah I so mean, we just we just for those or people brand new dave and i uh started a spiritual community kind of a church community of faith yeah here, yeah. In, here in abbotsford and it was alternative and neo-evangelical it was emergent it was inclusive i think that's i think most yeah. people i had a person say to me the other day she said the the the, the piece that i'm looking for most in a spiritual community is inclusivity yeah. like that's that's so important everyone has there right. cannot be a them and us and right. these people are going to heaven and these people are going to hell so that's when model we, is when we crazy. started nexus that that was more the exception yeah like people were almost like offended by our inclusivity Inclusive. but anyways we had this beautiful community of faith that that we had the privilege of being part of for about about 12 years and 13 years and but it ran its course, and it was kind of done, and we were done. And, you know, we thought, okay, that, it's sad to say goodbye to this community of faith, but everyone seems to be doing great, and they're living their lives, as we always mm-hmm. wanted everybody to do. And But you and I have stayed connected, obviously. We're best friends, and we've stayed thinking about things. And so I'll, I'll, let me let me try to draw some dots. So when we started the, the, the podcast, both you and I knew what eventually we needed to talk about. But I think we were a little... Um, not nervous, but maybe more like just not sure exactly how to how to bridge that. And so our first six episodes we did in the spring when COVID first, a lot to do with COVID, a lot to do with anxiety. Some of the, you know, I, my work with IFS, we yeah, talked about. Yeah, the internal family systems was a really great yeah, and thing certain, that we talked about. Regardless of what else we're going to talk, we wanted to talk about it. So it kind of gave us a kind of nice soft start. We, we would always say like, when are we going to, when are we going to kind of do the big reveal? And so about... Uh, three years ago, uh, maybe four years ago, you and I started to become aware of, uh, in in the literature around spirituality, but also primarily the therapeutic literature, yeah. we began to notice the, the emergence of the use of psychedelics um, for the treatment of some of the most challenging emotional mm. and mental disorders that therapies faced. Trauma and depression and anxiety. Those are the yeah, three PTSD stuff. PTSD, yeah. depression, and all the anxiety stuff. Yeah. Um, which, as a therapist, has been just so hard. It's been very, very challenging to to treat people, to treat myself that have had these conditions. And then you know to begin hearing psychedelics. And for me, at first, I remember raising my my eyebrows a bit, kind of going, "What, what are they talking about?" But here? you know, got into literature, couldn't deny it. Uh, I remember you and I were doing uh, a group. Uh, in 2016 in my basement and we talked with the group and they were all really interested. So at that point, we we're obviously thinking about it. Then about two years ago, um, Peg, you kind of challenged me and said, we we got to kick this up a gear. We, I think this is a thing, Dave, and, and we need to be more aware of and you were personally interested in it. I was very intrigued by it. And so about two years ago, maybe a little more, we became more intentional about learning. 
Yeah. And, and so we'll tell that story in depth another time. But that has continued to grow, continued to grow, so that when our, our interest in this whole phenomena that of we'll call it the, the, the renaissance of psychedelics and, yeah. and in, in our society, and it's unmistakable now, was really a big part of why we got interested in doing our podcast again. Mm-hmm. And so where we're at today and where, where we're going to start is part of that has been your own uh, evolution and development of you as a, as a video storyteller. Uh, and and through your time at TELUS, but then through Falling Frogs, you really began to hone your ability to to tell a story. And I think anybody that's seen your stuff mm. would say, yeah, there's a there's a Peg brand. Peg mm. knows how to tell a certain kind of story, which which is you know always deeply deeply personal. Your ability to mm. kind of get behind the kind of the surface story into the heart mm. story. I mean, I just I'm sure there's mm. more to it than that, Peg. But that's kind of how I've kind of heard your stuff. Um, and so as you as you became really interested in um, the whole world of psychedelics and what they're doing for people, it just was natural that eventually that you would begin telling that story, mm. right? And and so uh, earlier this year, um, you began to you began uh, through your connection with Lori Brooks, and we'll tell Lori's story, who had cancer and who found a tremendous shift her experience yeah, with psychedelics. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll start with that story. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Um, but I'm just saying that was that was really the impetus for you saying, I'm going to now do a documentary, a documentary yeah. on, at that point, it was just like Lori's experience because it was so unbelievable. And she's I, I've never seen anything like it. I've, uh, you know, some people find this hard to believe, but I've, I've interviewed almost a thousand people now in my life. Um, which overall? Is, yeah, overall. Wow. Yeah. And wow. It's, which is... You know, I listen to people like Tim Ferriss and these kind of guys who go, yeah, you know, I've done 800 episodes or, or Joe Rogan. Right. These guys are up maybe 1,000, 2,000. And you just go like, that's I, And then I started number. doing the math and I was like, I, you know, from my from my TV show, from radio, and then my Falling Frogs and Telus. Let's say nothing of the fact yeah. that you did it for almost thirteen years right. at Nexus. Right, exactly. You regularly right. brought people. Up. We all remember this when Peg would do an interview. It would be a thing. You would mm-hmm. you would be able to just get to the yeah. the core of the story. We tell those stories forever. Okay, so you be you began to to get interested in telling a story of. Of psychedelic medicine. Well, I think that, that you know, let, let me, you know, the reason I say all that is that uh, after all of that work, you know, I, I've interviewed politicians and, you know, movie stars and people and authors and all sorts of stuff. I had this experience, um, and I'll tell you, with Lori Brooks, you know, a friend of ours from Nexus. And um, by the way, we're not yeah. telling anything private. No, Lori's, this is public. Lori's very, oh, very she's interviews, and she we'll has been. Uh, and we'll tell you the story of, of of a person from our faith community who is literally going to be the poster child, the poster person of the shift that's being happening in Canada in the openness that Health Canada has toward using these plant medicines to heal people with anxiety. It's right. it, it's it's now been. Uh, she was one of the first four Canadians to get legal access to magic mushrooms, which are called psilocybin, which is the molecule that is the psychoactive part of it in in the mushroom. And so she was one of the first Canadians since 1971 to get you know to get legal access with Health Canada to be treated for end of life anxiety. Now that's a fascinating statement, just in and of itself. And when you started your documentary, that wasn't true. No, that, I know that happened like yeah. over the last four months or so. 
But 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 what I first encountered was I sat down with Laurie and I, you know, was like, "Hey, tell me, I heard you, you heard you did some crazy stuff uh, with the psychedelics and blah blah blah." And as she began to talk, I was blown away. I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I need a camera. I need to record this. This I've never heard anyone talk like this before." And you you sniffed a story here. Oh, I was like, Laurie, the way you're describing what you're talking about. The world needs to hear what you're saying. This is beautiful. So part of what I, as, as we, you know, I'm thinking on two levels, Peg. Obviously, I'm interested in that specific story. Yeah. I also think on the level of like, you know, this this podcast thing that we're doing. Mm. And what you and I had kind of framed out the other day is you over the last, like, I don't know, is, is it fair to say six to eight months? Whatever yeah. the, whatever the time frame. How many how many quality interviews have do you yeah. have that, that, that you want people to hear? That are part yeah, of your yeah. documentary, like a dozen, yeah, yeah fourteen, yeah, like yeah, that over, they uh, all stand as yeah. it's like they they got a thing, and that what we want to do over the next whatever is we want to play those interviews and then have you and me interact with some of the ideas, yeah, and and to also say part of that is for us to tell our own story mm. in there, which is in itself a uh, if if we'd known five years ago what was ahead of us, mm. how excited we oh, would have man. been. We had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I said to someone the other day, Peg, that, you know, even since since Sean passed away in 07, my son, my youngest son died in a motor vehicle accident. It was a devastating, horrible event for a family to go mm -hmm. through. But I just, even as I reflect on that, as painful, and it was authentically tragic and hard as, as anyone might imagine, it is all those things. But there was a there was an ease to it there was a grace to it as Adele and I were able to always be present. And, and so that if, if you'd asked me in any of those years, how are you doing? I'd say, I'm doing great. Mm -hmm. I mean, the life tested my faith. Life tested my worldview. Life tested my healing. And, and by this death event mm -hmm. and found that I was doing really, really well. Mm -hmm. Were there things? Sure, there were other things. But you know what? Relatively speaking, I had to say, you know, I, I remember I had a metaphor where I said, uh, you know, even this is, you'll love this metaphor. It's such a churchy kind of metaphor, but even deep into the fall and early winter, some trees let go of a few leaves till the very end. Like they wait. Right? They, they just sometimes it's like, and that's why it's like, like some of these leaves aren't going to fall. That's mm -hmm. just part of the, you know, the life is broken a mm -hmm. little bit. And so I never even reacted to it. Had I had any inkling of the healing that was ahead that oh. needed to happen in my own life, I think you and I would have said, wow. well, no, you're, you're, you're Both of us, great. we're, we're doing, doing great. great. Right. We had Peg, we had oh, no idea. So we want to tell that story yeah. too. Yeah. But we're going to start, like I say, by like there's interviews and whatnot. So I've already kind of stayed. Yeah, so so tell, what, what, I'll, I'll tell you about the documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, what, that's, that's what's going on. And, and uh, so, yes, it, it, the, the idea of the documentary started uh, by encountering Laurie Brooks and her story. She uh, um, was given a diagnosis of... of Terminal cancer. They opened her up and they said, "Yeah, you've you've got." I don't know if she ever got terminal, terminal? but it was clicked. She she reacts yeah. to that. Oh, that that's word true. A and it's bit. because it's a but, label. But I mean, for everybody around her, including her husband, it felt like terminal cancer. Yeah. And I know, I know, Glenn was like, and Lori too, getting ready to kind of face death in the face. I mean, yeah. that when you get cancer, that's what happens. Yeah. But hers was pretty advanced, pretty aggressive, yeah. and you know, to the point that she had to quit her job and just. Everything. Yeah. And, and when you when you came to yeah. that first interview, and I want to make sure that we're, you were really up to speed on psychedelics by that Yeah, point. yeah. You so knew quite a bit, the, right? The background, I mean, for me and <laughs> anyone who knows me, 
um, the, the beauty about my ADD is, <laughs> is, is that, you know, here's I, the good part. Yeah. Of ADD. Yeah. And, and yes, there's a, it's been a real challenge in my, in my life because I have a million voices in my head, uh, at, at any given time. But, uh, the one thing I'm, I'm like a dog with a bone. Once I get excited about something, once I get stimulated, yes. uh, I just go nuts. And that initial part of a project, the energy you can bring to it's unbelievable. Crazy. It's exciting. And, and my whole being, it's all I can think of. I'm it is so attractive. By... Heather, your best friend, all of us know. <laughs> uh, when, here Peg is, when Peg is into that zone, yeah. it's attractive and it's amazing to see what you can do with ideas and yeah. topics. And so it was, uh, so once I started reading the literature on this stuff and this stuff was coming out of Johns Hopkins. Uh, university that was the, the primary stuff I okay. started to see okay. uh, and and the literature was coming out in the mid 2000s but again I didn't I was unaware of it so I'm starting to start to hear podcasts I'm starting to hear stuff on Joe Rogan I'm starting to see, hear Tim Ferriss I'm starting to Michael Pollan Michael, wrote a book. Michael Pollan wrote a book and I I remember pre-ordering it because I had uh, before I didn't I, know. Is that right? Yeah, pre- yeah. Maybe I didn't He had written that. an article for the New Yorker. New Yorker, right? And it was he just done this. You know, here's this guy who'd written on you know botany and 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 food and you know he's just a he was a food author, right? He was loves plants. Yeah, omnivores develop omnivores uh, dilemma. dilemma. That was yeah. his big yeah. bestseller. Yeah. So here's his New York Times bestseller, and he does this article for the New York Times for the New Yorker, and he's. He's looking at these clinical trials and and uh, he says, hey, I came across this study of treatment-resistant depression. People have been in 17 years and nothing's working. And in one session of with a therapy, with intentions, and a six-hour session with eating mushrooms and then having therapy after, their depression and their PTSD is gone. I can see why that would interest you. You're, and I'm you're like, like, oh, I want to hear more about that. What are you talking about? Like, this is Michael Pollan. This yes. isn't like some blog you read in some corner of the no, internet. No, no, you're no, going, no. This guy is a, one of the most respected journalists in the world. Yep. And he had never done psychedelics. He's not like trying to be pro, into drugs. He said, I, I drink a glass of wine every now and then. I don't do cannabis. I, do, I don't do any drugs. I'm 60-some years old. And I'm like, how is this possible? And he's a journalist. He's a yeah. naturally skeptical. skeptical. He's going to ask the question. He's going to ask the not going to accept something yeah. because people tell him this is a thing. I read that article and I thought, that is fascinating. And then sure enough, his publisher said... You know that article you read? We've had more views and people reading this article. Is that right? And they said, you got to do a book. And he's like, what? It was just a little throwaway. And he said, no, explore this. That, go, that scratched an itch yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Go talk to those people. You just talk to the researchers. Talk to the people from the study. See if you can get access to that. fascinating. And he said, I'll see if I can do it. And he started calling it around. And all these researchers... UCLA, NYU, Johns Hopkins, Imperial College, Imperial College London. Everyone says, "You want access? We'll give you access to our studies." We need people need to know what's been going on for the last fifteen years. No doubt, we've been doing studies on this stuff, yeah. in, wow. and we've been slow playing this. And he's like, "I got to do this," so he writes his book, right? So I pre-ordered that and just gobbled that up in a couple of weeks, and I was like, and he did. He he realized if I'm going to write a a credible investigative. Yeah book about uh these substances i need to take the substance yeah that's what was fascinating <laughs> that's what got yeah. all the up not uproar interest yeah. is like he actually did it himself he and says t- part of way through the research he's like the researchers are saying um well michael if you do not if you want to understand what these people are talking about would you be interested in doing an, a, a, an experience and he's they're like uh uh do i qualify for a study 
actually you don't qualify. So you're going to have to do it over here. And they started giving you're him have to do it underground. underground, right? Yeah. And he's Which like, is scary for people. I, I remember know. hearing him. And his wife was like, don't, what are you doing? And your what? mind is so perfect, Michael. You are at the top of your game. You're the, you're a New York Times bestselling writer. Your life is going perfect. Why would you mess with that? What's the and outside? screw up your brain forever. And now you're going to be a basket Well, case. he was also aware of what, was That's he what breaking the said. law? Right. Was he going to get arrested if he says yeah. says in print, I did this schedule one substance? Like he was really worried about those sorts of things. Yeah. So and and sure enough, he 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 ends up not just having one experience, but but a number of them. And uh, and he would say, as he says in the book, um, how to change your mind. Uh, th- these were by far the most meaningful experiences of my entire life. So when you read the book, this absolutely grabbed your attention. Oh, I'm like, what are you talking about? For Peg Peters to read this guy and what the sorts of things he talks about in his book, I can see that like you talk about your ADD brain, you're like, oh, I need to know more about this. It would be like for me, as you know, when you're reading science fiction or something, you're like, oh, that'd be amazing. And then someone says, "Um, we just had the first saucer land and they've got, you can go meet these Martians. What a great, and I'm like, what are you talking about? This is all fantasy. No, it's real. You want to go meet them? You can go. We have outer space stuff has come. You know, it's it's so crazy. That's what it felt like to me. Is that here's a here's a respected author who is going to do this journey in inside, like I.E. and it's going to be an interior journey because it's going to use eye masks, which is worth talk about. You know, the idea of of stopping the, the 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 any any data coming into your eye. You're going to use headphones, which is this playlist that's will been guide developed. your experience. Will guide. You're like, what are you talking about? And then you're going to have this internal experience. And you're going to be with people who are going to hold a safety container yeah. for you. Therapists they'll be, will be they'll part be of connected it. to you, support you, care about you, so you're not going to get into any, you know, you're not going to wander away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to make sure you get water. You need to water. Yeah. You go to the bathroom. You need to go to yeah. the bathroom. So that's, that's a very different kind of way of thinking about magic mushrooms and I'm going to go to a festival right. and I'm going to take yeah. you know, some mushrooms and wander into the trees and see fractals everywhere. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, so this was a very, very different experience and a, a very, very different experience for, for Pollen um, than yes, people in the 60s just kind of taking LSD and tripping and having these kind of cool, I can see the universe now, whatever. What was happening in the research was that we realized that these substances like psilocybin, LSD, which is based on a, a fungus, ergot fungus, and they developed that, that all of these substances somehow quiet, that they call the default mode network, that analyzing brain that we all that, have, that that's hub chattering, that's the who's going to pick up the milk, and what about the kids, and that, what's COVID, and all that chattering that's in our brains, you know, all the stuff that we bring in, that we just wake up and it's alive. Can you talk briefly, I mean, I mean, yeah. like Robin Carhart-Harris, who is a neurologist in England, the, the brain scans yeah. that he did between the two brains. Just... Yeah, that's very cool, and it might be a, a cool link to put up. Um, yeah, so in, in Imperial College London, they're, they're looking at what happens when people are actually in the experience. They're like, let's actually do What's a brain... The brain differences. Yeah, yeah, so let's do a picture. We'll, we'll, we'll actually get you tripping into these experiences in a... In a, in a medical setting, we're going to push you in an fMRI machine. We're going to actually look at what's happening in the neural pathways. Yeah. And, they, and they're actually looking at, here's here's what a normal brain looks like. You can see, like, the roadmaps of the neural yeah, pathways. They, 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 I think they draw the connections with a, with different colors. Yeah. And so, so you can kind of see what a normal it. brain looks like. Yeah. Here's what a brain looks like when it's when it, it's on the effects of psilocybin. And what happens is... The, the brain begins to wire in a whole new way. All these new synapses start firing. Actually, new pathways, connections, will, connections will start happening. And now what we're discovering is that there's actual brain growth. 
that during this six hours, and it extends out, and they're, they're thinking it's about at 18, maybe a two to three week, uh, that the dendrites in your brain, new neural pathways are forming. And, and old actually, ones are being pruned. Yep. You, get, you get pruning and growth going on at the same and time. They thought, how is our brain able to grow that? It's, it's brain growth. What they're finding is this: these, these neurotropics, these 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 substances, these molecules, actually are helping the brain develop new growth places that never existed before. So new ways of looking at things. So well, that can be kind of this cool. This must have been so exciting oh, for your goodness. for you to see the possibilities. And I know you well. When you when you start, you know, projecting into the future, whether it be what this could spirituality, be. Yep. therapy, politics, yep. healthcare, your your brain must have just been like. We oh. are on the edge of something this is very big. Unbelievably exciting. And I thought, wow, what is this? You know, and and for me, I mean and, and so yeah, so getting ahead. So you look at these you look at these images and you're like, here's right, our right. you know, my brain, here's what's happening. That this is that it opens us up to new ways of thinking about ourselves, new ways of thinking about the trauma we right, face, right. new new ways of understanding how anxiety, new ways for creative people, new ways to understand God, new ways to understand religion. Yeah, and, faith. and just see, just Whoa. if I get this kind of my own little thing in there, Peg, is that you keep using the word understanding, understanding, and that you know being a very cognitive thing. I think one of the pieces that is is really sh- not shocking, but but just so dramatic is it's not just. It's experiential, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? It's yeah, not just yeah, that you come yeah. to a new understanding mm-hmm. of something. You have a new experience of something that is real, and that's what shifts for you. Yeah, and I'll, I'll jump around on this because, yeah. Yeah, um, we're both. Yeah, I know. This is great and fine. Um, I, I, I was, I, I've had, again, as this documentary is starting to unfold, and I started to, I started with my interview with Lori Brooks, which, you know, we will, we will play part of her interview on another episode and we can deep dive into her story. I think we should even have her on and just interview her live. Absolutely. I think that would be right. brilliant and beautiful. Right. Um, but after I interviewed her, um, I sent, I cut it down to about five minutes and I, I had this little story of, of Lori who was in utter fear of cancer. It was ruling her life. She had this, she, she found an underground therapist, had an experience uh, with psilocybin her life absolutely changed, and her relationship with cancer changed so, completely. Hold on, you you brought it down to like a, a five minute. Kind yeah, of, so I so cut now, it down to can, a little piece. Can we piece. play that right now? Yeah, we can Let, play let's that. Let's just play that right now because I think I think Lori's given permission. Obviously, yeah. I think it would be really useful for people not just to hear you or even me kind of riff about it a bit, but actually hear in her own words that shift. So let, let's just play yeah, that interview we'll play right that. now. But is this the last time? For me, is this the last time I'm going to celebrate my daughter's birthday or my son's birthday? Um, so it was, that was very, it's very difficult to get, to wrap your head around. I'm, I'm dying. The chances are that I'm not going to be around in a couple of years. I heard about a network in Vancouver of therapists who are uh, treating patients with psilocybin, patients with anxiety, and deal- who are dealing with life and death issues. And I thought that really sounds interesting to me, and and there's no danger. I'm there with two other people in the room and uh, so it's something I want it's worth trying because I I need to be able to enjoy my life 
and all of a sudden everything was light and and beautiful and, and warm and and uh, I felt just this rush of warmth and love and and just peace come over me as as the lights came up. I see all of these people in the chemo room, they're sad and scared and I think, oh, if only I could tell them about, if only they could have this experience too. I'm so fortunate that I had those connections that I heard about this uh, network of therapists that are willing to risk their licenses to treat people with this drug that's not not legal and I think it's so wrong that people don't have access to this because people are in pain and dying and uh, or PTSD or depression and which studies show psilocybin helps all of those things and why are we not allowing people to have this drug but we allow them to have other drugs that are so harmful. We have given people the right to die. Um, and, and I think that's great. It's, I don't know if I'll be brave enough to choose that option if the time comes. Um, but it's there for people when they, if they need it. Um, but what about living? What do we do in, the, in, in between that? part in the process of dying. It's a long process sometimes. So how are we going to pe help people through it? Do we want people to be living with the anxiety and fear? Or do we want to provide them a way to be able to deal, deal with things that need to be dealt with in their life that are painful and hard? Um, but also to be able to experience the love and joy and peace that, that this has provided to me and to other people that I've talked to. This trip actually changed everything for me because now I'm able to live each day just with peace and joy and love every day and, and not have this thing weighing on me. I feel so much healthier and lighter in a, in a way, even though I have this thing inside me that could kill me. But like I said, today I'm not going to die. I'm good. <laughs> and that's all, that's all any of us have. That is so powerful. And just a, a little context for those who don't know who Lori Brooks is. Lori was part of our community faith. Lori and Glenn and their families were part of our Nexus community faith and good friends of both you and me mm. for, for quite a while. But, you know, I, I don't I don't think I've ever heard Lori so powerfully eloquent. And mm. again, thank you for your skills and being able to draw that out of her because that's what we mm -hmm. just heard. I mean, I'm so glad we played that. Mm. Yeah, and, and, I don't know how and, people are reacting to it. Yeah, but. I mean, it's um, so the the doc uh, is really is really focused around uh, Lori, uh, and she's the main arc of the, of okay. this. It's okay. probably going to be an hour long doc. Yeah. Um, and and as it's kind of evolving now, we're looking at 
bigger distribution opportunities, CTV, CBC, Netflix have all expressed very uh, some interest on this. Wow. I know, so it's, I mean, I, it's, I, it's bigger than I, and, and now I'm, I'm excited because I'm finding producers and people that, I'm like, ah, this is bigger than me. Yeah, I'm I, the director. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll have some ideas and yeah. that kind of stuff, and, but I'm, I'm actually going to hand it over to people who, and, and they're saying, we'll keep you as creative, but we've got teams that can help you execute on oh. this. So that which is we're really and good. good. Good to have some humility around that. Yeah, I, I'm. This is way, way over my story. head now, yeah. and, and and so, anyways, yeah. So, so let's talk about what Laurie said a little bit. Yeah. I mean, let's. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I I don't think I've ever seen that hmm, that, that little that little trailer, I mean, of course, yeah. I've heard her story, but yeah. And and what, I'm just saying what just really struck me about that is here is well, a couple things, but here is a a person, a woman whose life is in deep, deep distress and anguish. And you can almost feel a powerlessness about it. Understandable, mm -hmm. not judging that, but just saying like, I, I'm now a victim of this, this process. Thing called cancer. This thing yeah. called cancer inside of that, that wants to kill me. And, and, and I love how she says, I, I look at people in the chemo mm -hmm. area and you can see it in their eyes. They're, they're holding on to hope that maybe this, this chemo process mm -hmm. is gonna destroy the cancer before it kills them. They don't know. And so there's that. And then it's contrasted with, she has this experience with mm. psilocybin. And it's it, there's wow. there's a lightness. Oh, there's a, You can see it in her eyes. Yeah. You can hear it in her voice, I guess. Oh, yeah. Just how profound this shift is. Yeah. This, like you were talking about, understanding versus an experience. Mm -hmm. This isn't, this isn't this like... This is a feeling. This is inside. This is, you know, and so... I've, I started with her interview, and then I, I cut this little five-minute piece that, that you, you all heard, and then I started hearing about a nonprofit out of Victoria called Theracil, the therapeutic use of psilocybin. Right, Benny kind of got yeah, connected yeah, into a friend, that. Yeah, a friend of ours, Benny Bloomfield, a, a, a psych nurse in Abbotsford, um, who we got networked into, um, had a passion to say, guys, I'm a psych nurse. I see this every day. There's kids, there's people that come in with anxiety and we have nothing to offer them. We offer them SSRIs. They'll be on with the rest of their life. That doesn't really help them. We just are turning these people out. Anti-psychotic meds. Yeah. And he says, I am so done with it. We have nothing to offer people. And he says, and yet here's a treatment yeah, that I'm he reading. Was, he somehow, like he's a he's a, a very open-minded thinker yeah. and started to to see like he's a nurse, and kind of a nurse researcher kind of a yeah. guy. And he got really interested in that. And I think somehow he must have got connected to this organization yeah. you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and so I, I heard about them. I was like, what a cool thing. A a nonprofit that really exists to help uh, end-of-life anxiety, working with terminal patients, primarily in hospice care, people that are dying. And they're saying, we are advocating for your right as a Canadian citizen to have access to plant medicines that can help your end-of-life yeah, anxiety. And let me just put a larger container yeah. on that. Uh, Johns Hopkins University, New York University, UCLA in, in the States, uh, since really the late 90s, began to uh, research the use of psilocybin with people who were facing cancer. Mm -hmm. And so these studies were done... Uh, yeah. for, for almost well, up to present. If you're looking for a great documentary on YouTube, it's called... Uh, uh, Trip of Compassion? Is no, that's for PTSD. Oh. But it's uh, it's called A New Understanding. Oh, and yeah. it, it's all about the Johns Hopkins trials. Yeah. So this has been done. So the fact that there's this nonprofit in Victoria that, that is saying the same thing, is like, okay, well, you know, it's been said. Yeah. The difference with this this organization, they were Canadian, and they they saw in the in the 
in the jurisprudence around cannabis mm -hmm. 20 years ago that at some point a single Canadian went to the health minister and said, I have the right to medicate my pain with cannabis and you're saying that uh, I'll go to jail if I do that and I'm going to take you to Supreme Court yep. and won that case. Yes. There was, it's a groundbreaking Supreme Court yep. and, and Health Canada was ordered then to to approve this one Canadian's youth of yep. psilocybin. It's the same legal argument that Theracil said. They began to see, hey, this is a, this is a plant medicine like cannabis yep. and it can be used to relieve the suffering of a disease, yep. of, of pain of a disease, and so it's very intelligent of yep. them to. Yep. And and so this, so they're not just saying, "Hey, we heard this thing with yeah. psychedelics." There, one of their things was, "We are going to be an advocacy group." Yeah, and, and so they they started, and you know, Dr. Bruce Tobin, a clinical psychologist who is all taught, homage to yeah. Bruce Tobin, the and, courage and he that had man this this showed. this you know seventy year old ex hippie. Uh, who is but one, a psychologist? And a oh, brilliant guy. he is a yep. brilliant guy. Having, yeah. having been up close with him now for a while, uh, just beautiful person who said, "I want this to be a legal thing. This should not be underground." Uh, and, and I am going to put together the protocol and the research. I'm going to draw upon all the world experts. So from Johns Hopkins and all these places, I'm going to get access to them. Say, guys, I'm marshalling a, a court challenge that Health Canada should not, you know, if you are dying, you should have access to this plant if it's going to help you with your anxiety. And so he started, and I thought, I said... It was like three years ago, three yes, and a half years ago, been, that, that he, he sent this. it to Health Canada saying, yeah. please read the research. And it took, didn't it take like three years before they actually came back yeah. with a response? Yeah. And so I said, guys, I think what, you're, what you also need is you need stories. And That's, You're, you're yeah. saying that to them. I said, guys... I, I talked to their CEO wow. and I said, you need this story. And I, I showed him this little piece from, just cut it together and said, this is Lori Brooks. This is what this is what happened with her. And they went nuts. And they said, this is exactly what we need. We need the health minister of Canada, Patty Hadjou, to see this little piece that you just did. Because this will move the needle. We've got research and all that. What we, a brilliance for you. I mean, yeah. they're bringing all what they do. But they, they brought a person that understands how to move hearts yeah. through 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 video that's yeah. that's you man this is that's a what mom, you this do is so a well. mom of four kids who's facing you know terminal cancer possibly and she's saying this helped me have a new relationship with myself with my husband with my children help me find joy and peace and and the toxicology it's the lowest, you know, this guy named Dr. David Hunt did a toxic, he's the leading pharmacologist who's done toxicology reports on every substance on our planet from heroin, morphine. Well, the most dangerous, yeah, yeah. alcohol. Right. That's got the, the that's highest. The, that's the this highest. This is a poison for and our body. And then you go right down to the end of the line at the most safest is psilocybin. psilocybin. You yeah. can eat mushrooms as much as you want. No you're overdose. Not, you're not going to die. You're going to have a crazy ass experience, <laughs> but you're not going to die. Right. And, um, but so, you know, so, so if we, if, if it's not toxic, if it's, this is a natural substance, our body, and we actually find that there's receptors in our brain that are uniquely, we've uniquely evolved these 5H2A receptors to bind perfectly with the psilocybin molecule in our brains and allows us to Lock have and these key. incredible... To have these incredible experiences where our default mode network, this analyzing brain, goes quiet, our amygdala, which is our fear circuit, drops down, and we can begin to move into these places in our mind now, just 
automatically happens because this innate healing intelligence innate healing intelligence and i remember one of the things that shifted for me was this with this phrase and i think it was dr bruce tobin that said it maybe i'm right maybe it was you i don't know but someone that had, had said that and i thought huh and it was if we believe that you can experience something in life so traumatic in a, a period of minutes maybe it's a rape Maybe it's an experience of, of seeing, you know, on a battlefield, your best friend killed. Mm. If we believe that these moments can be so... One event, so horrific. One event in a short period of time can so alter my chemistry, and so alter brain. my brain. We call it trauma, yep. you know. If we believe that this is actually... If we believe, if we believe that there's an event that can that can happen to us in our life that can so you know reshape my entire life, could it be possible that the reverse is also true? That one session, one moment, one experience of love and connection, connection so it's deep. so powerful for our brain to actually re rewire the entire circuitry of our operating system. What a question! Like, is that is, possible? Is that possible? Because we've already seen it that yeah. side of the spectrum. Yeah. I think what you said a few minutes ago was this: the potential of this was so, um, with the potential of this was so beyond our experience that we didn't even want to hope for it. Right. 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 And so you know, once I kind of read that and I thought about that, I just put that premise, that concept out there. I know attachment trauma, trauma theories. We these are just these are robust concepts. And we're like, can we use these as a way to understand what's happening in the mind? Can it be that Lori Brooks, in a four to five hour session with psilocybin, where her eyes are closed behind a mask and, and there's a headphones on her, that in this experience, that this could literally change her life? Is that possible? Well, and I, I mean, saw I, that in her. And we I heard watched it. it. Right. I watched it. I, I saw I had two hours with her. And my mouth my I was just... I, Open. Draw. Shocked. I've never heard anyone talk like this before. And I, again, I've done over a thousand interviews. I've never felt this kind of energy from someone in an interview. And I had interviewed a lot of people. And I yeah. thought, this is, I've got to, I've got to tell this story. A real compelling part of her, the little interview displayed that, that uh, this is such a brilliant polemic. As she said, we've already in Canada given Canadians the, the right, right to die. To die. So for me, Dave, that, that, um, that idea of, of what Laurie kind of has, what, what, I, what I watched happen in front of me in this interview, and then my conversation with Therisil, I said, what if we do a documentary on what you guys are in the process of doing, which is advocating for the rights of Canadians to get access to this medicine to help end-of-life anxiety. And they said, we would love that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. We're just a nonprofit trying to do this. We're going to mount a legal challenge. We're applying to the minister for access to these medicines. And I said, let's, let me follow you on this journey. And I think that's what I, I think we're interested in. I want to hear that because I, I mean, I, I was with you. So mm -hmm. I, I saw this, this core idea of, you know, Hey, maybe telling Lori's stories mm -hmm. to, to help support this initiative. You began to interview some of like for people listening to this, I'm I'm fairly um, aware of the movers and shakers in in the psychedelic medicine movement in the whole world. Peg ticked all the boxes. <laughs> he uh, he would tell me, oh, I interviewed Francois Berzad, I interviewed uh, Mark Hayden, I interviewed uh, Paul Stavis. Out of my, I was just like, okay, 
Okay, I guess. Yeah, I guess it, it was pretty cool. It yeah. is cool, and yeah. and there and while while yes, your documentary is telling a perhaps a more focused story. You've got these nuggets of gold mm. from the smartest people in yeah. the world, and that's what we want to do over the next yeah. while. Is have those interviews played? We'll set them up. We'll play your interview with them, and then you and I will. We'll we'll riff riff that's kind of yeah and, and so let's kind of kind of close this off a little bit to say um we'd love to hear from you you can you can email peg and i um and and kind of give us your thoughts on this uh there's part of me peg i don't not as much so much you but part of me is like a like it feels like like hey where did this come from hmm. right but at the same time it it, while it may feel that way, it's it's congruent to the progression of, yeah, of our yeah, thinking and yeah. of our where we're where we are um, really focusing in over the last few years, and and that's why it's going to get exciting. Yeah, and so I think I mean this will be a series of podcasts, and I it might be six ten episodes. Who knows where where it'll end up on, well, on this we, series? I, I, you know, just to say, I think you and I are also while we're really interested in this global movement yeah. that absolutely is happening. We're interested in Canada too. Yeah. Right? We're interested in what's happening in the Canadian scene because I think just like anything, Canada's got its own version of all of this. I, and I, you know, and from my, uh, you know, as you, if you've watched the news at all on this, on this stuff, uh, Lori Brooks became uh, one of the first four Canadians to get legal access uh, about uh, four weeks ago. And so, um, Therasil is gaining Yeah, that's traction. like the climax of, yeah, this, of yeah. your dog. Is like, yeah. it this has happened. happened. It happened. I, I remember the first Canadians I, to get legal access, and I got to film the very first guy, which was in Saskatoon three weeks ago. Therasil flew me there yeah. and said, we want you to film the, the, the sessions beforehand with this gentleman named Thomas Hartle. And then you're going to film the entire six-hour session. One. He was patient one. Lori was patient two. Yeah. He was patient one. And then we're going to film the integration sessions, and we will have a, we'll have an episode on Thomas Hartle, and maybe we can have him on. He's a really great guy. Right. And, right. Um, but I, I uh, this process is happening in Canada, and I think Canada is going to be one of the leading places you in know, this after, story. And our planet, you know, Health Canada or the Health Minister approved Thomas and Lori and the other two. Uh, I, I, not surprisingly, this became big. News yeah. and like there were and I read one online article and the title of the article was of course it's Canada hmm. and I was so proud yeah yeah right? yeah I was yeah. so proud we're we're re kind of I think the article was like these these people are reasonable <laughs> that's what it felt <laughs> like it's like Canadians are reasonable people right right um, and not so fear driven all the time but I think for for me as we look forward in this series. Um, I'm I'm hoping to you know use this as an opportunity to obviously talk about these exciting things. You're going to meet all sorts of amazing researchers, people that uh, you're going to meet the guy who's designed the playlist for the Johns Hopkins. Name's Bill Richards. You're going to meet Francois Brazette, who has been trained in the Mazatec uh, tradition in Mexico for 20 years. And really, right now, all of us sudden emerges as maybe the yeah. leading clinical voice. Yeah. In this. Why? Space. Because this tradition of using these plant medicines to heal people has been going on for thousands of years right. this john hopkins thing is is we think it's new and innovative no no this has been going on right. in traditions for thousands of years that's been underground yeah. and so someone like francois brazette who's beginning to has all that wisdom from being trained in the mazatec tradition from the incas uh in mexico she brings all of this shamanic teaching this how do we do it in a context of love and safety in a community not just give a pill this has to be done in a certain context for it to work we'll talk about that this isn't a pill this is about a connected loving context where this 
these substances are brought in. So we're going to meet all sorts of characters. Yeah, Paul yeah. Stamets, yeah. the one of the leading mycologists on our planet who lives in BC. And I was able to go up to his place and spend two days with him uh, going out through old growth forests with him foraging for, you know, mushrooms that he that he believes is going to help save our planet. We're going to talk to Dennis McKenna, another leading uh, mycologist botanist, who lives, yeah, yeah. a botanist who lives in Abbotsford now, retired here calling this home and wants to help be part of this movement here in Canada. So we're going to meet all these interesting people and physicians and therapists and we're going to learn a lot and uh, and I'm going to kind of take you guys on this journey and, and Dave and I are going to have fun with it. Yeah, for sure. And maybe what we're kind of teasing a little bit is uh, we're, we're going to tell our own stories. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's, there's lots to talk about yeah, here, Dave. Yeah. So. so thanks for this today and like I say, folks, they are your folks. I feel older. I yeah. Right. Humans who are listening to this podcast... Let us know what you think. You know, give us, uh, I'll put uh, on the on the podcast notes, I'll put uh, our email addresses if you want to just kind of hit us up. And yeah, we'd love to know what you think. You're asking. Here's our series on yeah, uh, yeah. entheogens, and I'll, I'll use that word more later. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, these yeah. things, uh, you, you think this is just going to be about ther- it's both therapy, you're going to realize very quickly that this, for me, has so much to do with God and spirituality. Yeah, I, by the way, just as a teaser, you're just teaser about <laughs> Paul Stamets, I'll say, uh, for anybody who knows my best friend, Peg Peters, I'm telling you right now, I'm with a changed human being. But the same guy. Yeah. That something very deep and unbelievable has opened up, I'll say, has been unleashed mm-hmm. inside yeah. of you and love to hear that. Yeah, hey, it's going to be gotta, fun. we got to be done. So, Thanks a lot. Yeah. Unveiled Podcast with Dave and Peg. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>